This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of changemakers. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. We're the founders of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small. And our team of experts show you how to live and shop responsibly by sharing world-changing lifestyle ideas, products, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the planet-friendly goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And to help spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. Time again, you texted, emailed, and DM'd us for our take on a planet-friendly way to purchase our tried and tested Brightly favorites. Because while the world of conscious consumerism is exploding, making mindful, planet-friendly purchases can still be a challenge. That's where the Brightly shop comes in. To reduce some of the eco-overwhelm, every product we sell has been hand-picked and vetted by the Brightly team. You won't find anything in the shop that has less than five stars. We've gone through hundreds of eco-products to discover new and emerging brands that solve sustainability problems for you every day. We even designed our own products like beeswax wraps to keep things fun and to help you live brightly. So how do we help you shop sustainably? The shop launches on the first Monday of each month and is open for five days. So the shorter, planet-friendly shopping window allows us to only order what we need. After the shop closes, we pack and ship out products in bulk. This low-impact supply chain reduces waste and keeps the planet happy. Brightly is also climate neutral certified. Because we are committed to climate action, we have set our entire carbon footprint from operations to shipping. We believe in the power of collective change, and we are so glad you're joining us on this journey. Go to shop.brightly.eco to see what's in store. Use code GOODTOGETHER at checkout to receive two free hand-blown, ethically made wine glasses with any purchase. Simply add the wine glasses to your cart and apply the code at checkout. Finding a trusted ethical beauty brand that actually works can be difficult. Absolutely, which is why Laura and I were so excited when we discovered 100% Pure. 100% Pure is a beauty and skincare brand that is, well, as the name suggests, 100% Pure. All of their products, from lipsticks to face masks to eye cream, adhere to strict purity standards and will never contain harsh or toxic ingredients. What I thought was really cool, Lisa, was how they create the pigment for their makeup using natural ingredients. They use fruit, vegetables, and even tea and cocoa. I've never seen a product that does that. Yeah, I haven't either, and I've looked at a lot of clean beauty brands recently. 
Also, when you shop with 100% Pure, you're able to choose one of the two options for where you can make a difference. One option is choosing to donate one bowl of vegan dog food to a shelter dog for every purchase. Since 100% Pure is certified cruelty-free, I love how committed they are to animal welfare by giving you this option. The other option you can choose is to have 100% Pure donate one tree for every order. If you'd like to try out 100% Pure's products, head to 100percentpure.com and use code BRIGHTLY20 for 20% off any full-price item until December 31st. That's 100percentpure.com and code BRIGHTLY20 for 20% off. Hello, Good Together listeners, and welcome to our new episode. Um, with this one, I think will be particularly interesting for our community uh, because a lot of our listeners, uh, a lot of the Brightly community members are actually environmental activists, right? Young environmental activists have become an extremely powerful force in the fight against climate change today, from the companies they choose to purchase from, like Brightly, uh, to their volunteer and donation efforts. Younger generations also face much larger impacts from the environmental risk we encountering today, right? And they're coming together all over the world, right? It's not just in the US or in the UK or in Europe, it's all over the world. Um, and younger generations wants to do something about it. So I'm really thrilled uh, that in this episode, I get to talk to Sarah Nathan, President and Chief Executive Officer of Amigos de las Americas. About the Amigos, uh, we will be chatting, of course, about the Amigos organization, how she works with youth, and how young people can be catalysts for social and environmental change in their own communities. So Sarah, why don't I let yourself yourself to introduce yourself and uh, tell us how the organization started and what is your work is focusing on right now? Sure, absolutely. So thank you for the introduction. It's so wonderful to be here today. Uh, so a little bit about me. Uh, you know, I was actually born and raised in a suburb of the San Francisco Bay Area in California. Oh, um, and I am San Francisco a- right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, and, and grew up with a love for the outdoors and the environment. And you know, that love really came from, you know, my upbringing and later also my travels, um, the opportunity to go see other parts of the globe. Um, you know, my father and grandparents were great hikers and mountain lovers, and I was fortunate to spend a lot of time growing up in the Sierra Nevada and, in you know, lar- largely in the summertime, but also in other seasons. And um, at the same time, you know, got involved with Amigos as a high school student, um, having learned about one of the programs in my classes. So, you know, I went to Costa Rica as a volunteer in 1997 and was blown away by the natural environment there and just um, the interplay between, you know, my host community and the, and the, which who are mostly local farmers um, and also the rainforest and the surrounding area, Um, you know, got to see a lot of different other natural environments with Amigos actually uh, in different locations where I later worked with them and, you know, in Brazil, the Dominican Republic and Paraguay. So I just want to share my personal passion. I think when I was in college, I blended my passions for um, the environment and also Latin America um, by doing two degrees. One was in conservation and resource studies, and the other was in language, so Spanish and Portuguese. Um, So a deep passion of mine, um, which I can talk about more later. But, you know, Migos, um, you know, I've been working with the organization as CEO for almost eight years. Um, We are a nonprofit uh, that provides 
service and immersion experiences for students all throughout the region of the Americas. Um, so we actually started in 1965. Um, our first program was in Honduras. Um, since then, interestingly enough, we started in the polio uh, pandemic. Um, and we worked in seven, have worked in 17 countries throughout the region. Um, so more than 30,000 young people have gone out to go live, learn, and work in communities um, and the environment. And now, of course, climate being a key issue that many communities around the globe are facing. This is a, one of our central topics. So, um, you know, our vision as an organization is really to, to build, you know, a world where all people are lifelong leaders, sharing responsibility for our global community. And um, it's amazing, you know, my, yes, it's a, it's a, Really, really extraordinary job, and I just feel honored to to be in it and um, helping get more young people out of their home realities and out into the world. That is great. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong. So, you have been involved with Amigos um, as a participant, right? As a young person, uh, uh, you know, a few years ago, and uh, you know, then you actually started working for Amigos, correct? Correct. Yes. So I was actually a volunteer uh, in the program uh, in high school and then mm -hmm. immediately after high school before college. And then I went back to actually work on the program staff teams. Um, so, so in the Dominican Republic and uh, gosh, North and in Dominican Republic and in Paraguay um, later in college and right after college and uh, really had uh, amazing opportunities to go work in different type, different community development issues and partner organizations uh, with Amigo. So yes, was got involved as early on as, as a young participant and as a student wanting to also get involved and do something and get out into the world and learn. Um, and then I actually joined the team to run our programs uh, initially. So I did that for a number of years and then uh, transitioned into the role of CEO um, subsequently. So um, yes, long history with the organization. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about kind of the why of the organizations, right? Um, what do you think um, are some of the most, the biggest environmental and social threats fa facing future generations specifically? I think it's kind of like at the core of the whole reason of Amigos, um, correct? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think our world is facing... Uh, challenges at a, at a scale that is high, just simply hard to fathom. I would say that broadly speaking, our biggest environmental challenges and also social threats, you know, are tend to be those collective action problems, you know, that know really no borders between nations, states, communities. Um, you know, this is where, uh, you know, we see examples of this with climate change, with biodiversity loss, you know, waste accumulation, water pollution, we also see this with the pandemic. Um, so, you know, and this, these kind of collective action problems happen when there's a situation where all of us would be better off cooperating, but we don't because there are, you know, conflicting selfish interests, you know, between mm -hmm. Absolutely. individuals and, and that, that, that don't bring us to the same page, um, quite frankly. So I think, you know, it's inherently challenging and many people as we see today and so many of our students across not just the United States, but across the globe are taking a stand and that's really powerful. Institutions are stepping up, um, you know, and that's, that is happening. But at the same time, we have others who are sitting back and operating in their own best interests. Um, and I think particularly with, with many of these issues, obviously with environment, it's, you know, there's, there's, you know, international law, but it really, there's not a global set of environmental laws that are inherent, you know, exactly. uniformly um, mm -hmm. and applied also to individuals, right? So if I decide to drive my car all day long, who's going to stop me, right? So 
I think, um, you know, the, the, the problems that we see here with the, you know, uh, these challenges is that it takes all of us to come together to address the issues. So at Amigos, we really see the value of fostering the interest in the issues at a very, you know, for young people at any time where they can get a hands-on up close, you know, look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where, you know, at a young age, it's important to get exposed and also, you know, to gain an interest, right? You don't know what you don't know and you don't know what you're passionate about it if you don't know about it. Um, so, and it's also about learning how to work with people um, and have that coupled with the spark of interest, you know? So why should I care, you know, about issue? Exactly. Yeah, I, I recently faced uh, another reminder of why should I care. I was actually in Morocco a few weeks ago uh, visiting my family there and um, I was on the beach and their beaches are just littered, littered with litter and plastic mostly. And I've never seen that up close myself. Um, I've been to Morocco many times, haven't spent, I guess, enough time on the beach, or maybe there was a specific season, but, um, and, you know, I even shared about this on my Instagram stories. And my point was, uh, so what are we supposed to do about this? What are Moroccan people are supposed to do about this, uh, you know, in the community? and Moroccan government, Um, Mm -hmm. because obviously that's not just trash from Morocco. And I, you know, obviously we are well aware that there is, you know, polluted beaches even in Bali, right? Or it's like Philippines and way, way worse what I've seen. But when you see this stuff with your own eyes, it's, it's a completely different experience. You know what I mean? Even with all the videos and reporting from around the world, when you face it yourself, it's just, um, shocking and one of the uh, bright ambassadors uh, you know commented she was like you know it's a great uh, day for beach cleanup um and i was like yeah i don't know if <laughs> there's a that's a di- like it's a different amount of trash it's not seen like not, not something you see in california or anywhere in the u.s mm. you know uh so i'm like um yeah cooperation right between countries like who's responsible for the mountains of trash in the ocean obviously right. it's not just the country that is receiving this trash it's everybody in the world it's consumers in the u.s and corporations in the u.s u.s government and other western governments so yeah um but yeah it's interesting yeah to work with youth the future leaders right who will hopefully finally come up with a cooperative solution to this um different environmental issues 100 percent. yeah 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 it's definitely you know and it's it's that um you know, ability to cooperate and also collaborate. And I think so often, you know, when you even just in, you know, social engagements or wherever, you know, when you're in a new place or a new culture, engaging with people who are different than you, it's often, you know, there's often a sense of a a lack of confidence necessarily, right, to engage across cultural, you know, when you're dealing with these complex global issues, you're going to be dealing with global actors. So, uh, our ability to really prepare young people for that global context and how to navigate it is so critical. Exactly. And so let's talk a bit more about the specific programs you guys offer to your members. How does it work? Like, for example, if I am a young person living in the U.S., uh, how can I join Amigos and what can I do? Uh, absolutely. So we are offering programming, uh, actually in-person programming for students, um, actually ages 13 and up um, this upcoming year. Uh, we have, were a bit thrown off uh, with the pandemic, obviously, in 2020. Um, 
and you know shut everything down and then made a plan to to actually offer new programs that that really offer the chance for students to come together from all different backgrounds and go to different locations, um, both domestically here in the United States and in Latin America, and uh, learn about and, and learn from organizations and get involved in, in different key issues. I mean, such as renewable energy, climate change mitigation, uh, food security, you know, food security, um, indigenous rights, etc. Um, so. Students can go to our website, I mean, to find out more. Um, our programs actually for 2022 have just started to go live. Um, so, and our website is, it's uh, www, it's uh, amigosinternational.org. And we will link to everything, of course. So Yeah, no, wonderful. Thank you. And that know that really, uh, so in Colorado, um, we have a an environmentally focused pro uh, program there. So for three weeks, students actually travel through Western Colorado. Um, to learn about all the different issues and the culture also of Western Colorado. So they learn from wildfire ecologists. They, they actually visit sustainable farms and do work there, um, learn about wolf conservation, um, speak to government officials and do, you know, trail work and, you know, uh, fuel mitigation to help with, um, you know, the, the, the fire prevention uh, situation that we're facing in the West. Um, so there's, you know, different themes and topics and locations. I'm um, in Latin America. Um, we are offering programming in Costa Rica and Ecuador and actually several other locations, which will be coming online shortly. Um, so stay tuned on those. Um, and there, you know, in Ecuador, um, you know, our students will see how climate change has really affected the coastal flooding. Um, and they'll be volunteering with organizations that work in the and work in reforestation of mangroves. Um, they also spend time on sustainable farms, um, and really, you know, it's a it it in our uh, not pre-pandemic era. Uh, you know, we we offer additional types of program models, um, but it was amazing actually. Summer of twenty twenty one, hearing from the students and volunteers that came back, where you know it, everyone's everyone's lives. You know, we've had a lot of time of reflection, right, in these Absolutely. eighteen months of the pandemic, and. People are wanting to get involved and wanting to get out and do something and wanting to learn. And it just gave me the chills, quite frankly. I mean, hearing the stories from our, our um, students who just were so, uh, you know, on, on powered up, you know, and ready to, uh, they were just very, very motivated and excited about their experience, but also not just how they can translate that back in like forward into their lives. Um, so um, we are going to be opening up new programming uh, in the next couple of months as well. Um, and, you know, it's a, uh, everything's not right online just yet. So that, so, you know, we have some pending just with, as we're preparing things to, you know, preparing to run programming in the, in this period of time, which is more complex than normal. Um, mm -hmm. So. And let's get a little bit into like nitty gritty details so just our listeners know exactly what to expect. Um, so there is application process there, right? I'm assuming uh, the pr the participation is paid by, uh, you know, the students themselves. So how does that uh, that work? Just so, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So there is, there's an online application. So students uh, submit um, and anyone can submit to, you know, apply. And there's uh, really two pathways into the organization. We actually have 20 local chapter organizations around the United States um, who, and those local organizations uh, work to actually help fundraise and support um, students to participate in the program. Um, 
it's a great way also to meet others in your community that want to get out and explore and learn about the world and the key issues that we have facing us today. So um, those local chapters also can be found, you know, on our website. We have um, so 20 of them in different states. Um, and then, or you could just apply through our national organization. So apply, you know, when we support students coming in from everywhere, we have applicants from Latin America, from the United States, from, you know, from other parts of the globe um, who join us. Uh, and uh, we do have financial assistance available. We're very committed to making um, the experiences more accessible. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a cost that comes with any travel program and, and our commitment is to make Amigos as accessible as possible. So we have a sliding scale financial aid, financial assistance model uh, where students can apply and, and um, that aid is given out based on financial need. So, uh, but yes, and once you apply, uh, basically you'll hear from one of our program representatives who will walk you through the application process. Um, there's an interview which is really centered on uh, learning about, you know, about each applicant, um, who they are, what they're looking for, so we can help guide them into the most appropriate placement. Um, and yeah, I think that's, and then we do have for some students who have come through the program one time that, you know, we have some alumni, um, additional alumni sponsorships, but we do yeah, have financial commitments and our, our local chapters are um, committed to financial assistance as well at the local level. Mm-hmm. Got it. So um, before we get into other questions, I'm actually curious, um, you know, so why do you think an increasing number of youth are getting involved with environmental activism? Uh, specifically, I, I wonder if you can tell us a bit, if you, because you've been with the organization for so long in different roles, like what change has happened? Um, obviously, we know that climate change has happened, but like generally and internally for young people, what changes have you seen? Uh, happening. This episode is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles, a company with a punny name but a seriously sustainable mission to make better bedding for everyone. We started partnering with Sheets and Giggles earlier this year, and the positive reviews from our community keep coming in. I've been on a hunt for sustainable bedding for a long time now until Brightly actually recommended Sheets and Giggles. I would highly recommend. The material is great. Uh, I personally tend to get hot at night and my boyfriend tends to get cold. So it definitely serves as a happy medium. Highly recommend. I also get hot at night and I found that after sleeping with Sheets and Giggles moisture wicking sheets over the past few months, I can't remember the last time I woke up overheated. I love my Sheets and Giggles sheets. They're my absolute favorite. Not only because they're super duper soft, but they are sustainably and ethically made out of eucalyptus. Yep, I love that our scout Ashley called out how soft the sheets and giggle sheets are. Plus, the eucalyptus that is in their 400 thread count sheets is grown without insecticides or pesticides. They also just launched a bunch of new colors, and I can't choose between navy blue and red. Help me! Sheets and Giggles bedding is super lightweight and soft, and they really nail it on zero-waste packaging. Good Together listeners can get 15% off at SheetsGiggles.com using the code BRIGHTLYSO. That's B-R-I-G-H-T-L-Y-S-O. When you think about reducing your carbon footprint, your mind probably goes to reducing the amount of meat you eat or conserving energy in your home. While both of those can make an impact, another method that doesn't get nearly enough attention is greening your finances. 
A 2020 report found that 35 of the world's biggest banks have given $3.8 trillion to fossil fuel companies since 2016. If your bank doesn't have the same values as you do, there is no better time than now to make the switch to Aspiration. Aspiration is an online banking alternative that offers socially conscious and sustainable ways to spend and save so you can make money while making the world a better place. And unlike the big banks, Aspiration doesn't use your deposits to fund oil pipelines or exploration. We love that Aspiration is a B Corp and 1% for the Planet member. They also give you the option to plant a tree with every single purchase. With Aspiration Plus, you can earn $200 when you spend $1,000 in the first 60 days of the account opening. You also get 10% cashback when shopping with Aspiration's conscious coalition partners, such as Brightly. Ready to make the switch to Aspiration? Head to aspiration.com forward slash brightly. That's A S P I R A T I O N dot com forward slash brightly to learn more about socially conscious finance and sign up for a new cash management account. Aspiration Financial LLC member SIPC. Aspiration is not a bank and is not affiliated with Brightly. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting uh, question actually, and it comes up. You know, Migos is an organization that actually started um, with a, a, a sole focus on public health, right? And they're not, they're, you can't extract environment from public health in, in a way, right? It's all interconnected. But, um, you know, in recent decades, we have had a, an increasing focus on uh, environmental issues that are facing communities um, in our host countries and here in the United States. I think that the interest comes from just honestly, the the science, and it becomes from the fact that also our communities are not just being affected theoretically in the future; it's also happening right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that is a that's a reality. I mean, I remember when I was in um, my coursework in the late night, you know, at UC Berkeley, learning about this global warming, you know, at the time mm-hmm. uh, twenty plus years ago, and uh, there was great, you know, I should say great skepticism right then yeah. uh, amongst all players uh, just about everywhere. And now I think it's, you know, we're seeing really things are happening at this very moment. I mean, glaciers are melting now, not in the future. Temperatures are changing now, you know, that's happening. And I think that coupled with, you know, the tools that have helped information escalate in both good and, and negative ways Um you know, social media, um, the news outlets aren't just, you know, information can travel and, you know, hopefully quality information can travel quickly and instantaneously. And young people are having that, the channels for their voice, you know, in, in, in those ways. So I think that that also comes down to part of it. And the other piece that I think is just, you know, reality is time horizons. I think that young people, you know, if you think of I'm 12 or, you know, 15, 18, 20, and you look at your life, you know, your lifetime, hopefully, you know, if you, if you hope to have a long life and, and, you know, and that you match that with climate projections and really look at, Hey, wait a minute, we've got to do something because what will the world look like when I'm, you know, you know, with 20, 30, 40 years from now. Um, So I think there's also that real recognition that, Hey, we have to, it's time and we have to grow up. I think yesterday, Boris Johnson told the UN General Assembly that it was time, uh, he said it in a much more eloquent way, but it was basically <laughs> like the, the, the world needs to grow up essentially and get with it, right? I mean, so 
I think our our um, next generations are are telling the world that honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm curious. What do you think? I, I mean, you probably are much more knowledgeable about this uh, than I. But what do you think? Like, what is the impact of Greta Thunberg? Right? Like, h- how aware do you think young people are of her work? And what? What? I mean, I guess you answered partially, but um, yeah, I, I think because she's such a role model for younger people. So, like, how can more younger people become as prominent as Greta? A lot of our community members, you know, they want to be quote unquote eco influencers, right? They don't want just to be influencers on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. But they want to use their social media presence, which is so natural for younger generation, for the greater good. Uh, good. So, what is the Greta effect? <laughs> Oh, I mean, I honestly, I mean, she's, it's amazing, right, to see how much she's done. And what is she right now? She must be 18. Is that right? I think so. I think so. I mean, so, and I, and uh, so I think that she is an example to be held up, you know, for, for so many. I mean, and the, the power of the voice of young people um, via different platforms and organizations. So, I mean, I think that she is well known, I, but I think also she's representative of the story of so many young people. I mean, I, we had one young man who came back actually from one of our, pro- our programs this summer um, that was in, uh, focused on climate change. And his mother was saying, you know, he won't leave a light on in the house. We are, you know, he's <laughs> changing wow. the way he operates <laughs> in his own household. Um, he's telling his friends, I mean, and, and then looking for the types of platforms that you can, you know, you can find, but the fact that, you know, she, she's definitely an example of, I think what, um, what so many young people can do, um, and should be held up as such, you know, and actually I think she needs to be celebrated even more, you know, in our programming. So. That's great. And yeah, this is actually leads me to another question, uh, which we get a lot from our community members. Um, a lot of them are, you know, students in high school as well, too, some of them. Uh, a lot of them, uh, you know, live either with their families or with their roommates who might not necessarily care about their environment as much as our ambassadors, right? So a lot of times we get the question, how do I approach this conversation uh, with people who are not that into living sustainably, they don't understand the importance and urgency of environmental issues? Uh, We, of course, uh, have shared quite a few resources on that, but I would love um, to hear your input. Um, What do you guys kind of, a young man like that, um, lead with an example that's amazing but what else can these people do to change the behavior of others around them yeah yeah well of course i know the the lead by example piece but you know i think that so much of um you know one thing to recognize and i i actually think it's so much so important to understand everyone's personal context and where they're coming from and where where you know and if it's your roommate or a friend or whatnot um everyone's had their own lived, lived reality that, that, which is very different in background. Um, so, you know, some, some, uh, friends of mine have not had the opportunity really didn't have the opportunity as a young person. I was fortunate to be able to get exposure to, you know, the, the mountain environment as a young age. Um, many people haven't had that chance. Um, so I would actually say, for, you know, particularly for friends, uh, if you are inv- in, you know, involved in environmental activity or you want to expose them to, you know, 
you know, sustainable farming, um, you know, take them out to the local community, you know, the community garden um, to do some work with you. Um, so I actually think that that hand, firsthand exposure piece is really important if you have the opportunity to do that. Um, as what I would recommend is number one. Um, and then, of course, I mean, if you if you have a favorite kind of article or issue, I know people, as you know, no one likes to be, um, I don't know, uh, for have an issue forced upon them. So it, that's it is that is a really challenging, really challenging thing. But I think if there are ways to get that hands on experience, it does really help. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I mean, just, you know, one, one thought of mine in terms of how to influence that change. Um, of course. And yeah. Uh, what, so are some, what are some of your, what are some of your favorite tools? For, uh, uh, yeah, at, at brightly, you know, our whole approach is kind of like judgment free, right? Being imperfect environmentalist, imperfectly conscious consumer, right? So that's always an advice we give our uh, community members too. Like, first of all, do not judge, right? And as you've mentioned, you know, as we, if if we're talking about in influencing and helping our family and friends change their behavior, you you already know them, you already know what they care about, right? Like, we always like this example, you know, uh, if you, you know, your dad cares about saving money, right? Maybe start a conversation uh, with him about, you know, not like blasting the AC all the time, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. small things right? That's so, uh, like that. Another thing we always uh, we've mentioned it many times on the podcast, but we even have a sustainability superpower quiz to help you un- uh, identify basically what is that one thing that you care about the most? Is it, mm-hmm. you know, animals? Is it human rights and fair wages and poverty alleviation? Um, is this, you know, yeah, the, remar- uh, the environment? Or maybe you're, you know, you're super into fashion and maybe your way into environmentalism will be by thrifting and shopping with ethical fashion brands so because you know it is overwhelming so we we want we always encourage our audience to start with small steps right um and also be patient with others as well um so a follow-up question to this and you kind of uh briefly touched upon it what are some ways people can can get involved in their own communities and maybe um i know you have you've mentioned um ways you can uh, get involved through amigos local chapters right but maybe even outside amigos do you have any advice for uh for our audience members oh yeah absolutely so i think you know what i i encourage everyone to do is if you want to get out there and get involved I mean, you can do, I mean, start with a quick search in your community for environmental organizations um, or events, activities happening. There's a lot of learning happening in all of our communities. And so I think that's definitely one thing I would do. But specifically, um, you know, I I have seen uh, students do just incredible projects. And one recently designed um, and implemented a project where they raised money and purchase and delivered like eco-friendly uh, takeout containers and silverware mm. to certain restaurants in their neighborhood. And this was when they were seeing the huge increase in, um, you know, home food delivery yeah. happening mm-hmm. as the pandemic started and having, you know, so they decided to do something that was, it was hyper-local, um, but really kind of encouraging that um, in their, in their local community. Um, and there was a news story recently um, where a, a student in Houston provided a refillable water station at a local elementary school. So it was focused on encouraging, you know, students to bring their own bottles. And I know this is popular in many states, right, but not everywhere. Um, so 
you know, I think that's, um, you know, examples of kind of identifying a something where there's a gap kind of in your local community, your, you know, school, you know, what's happening there. Um, you know, so people are so, so creative, you know, so, you know, I think, um, in terms of other, you know, uh, other pieces, I would say pick the topic and then start doing the research and see what's already happening and how you can get involved. And then how can you help like take it even further? Um, you know, because your, your home reality, if you live in, you know, rural Ohio to, you know, rural Nicaragua or in the capital city or, you know, Chicago, um, you know, your own kind of neighborhood and reality is going to be so different in terms of what the environmental needs are. So, and what you might be passionate about. I always find the passion part is the most critical. Find exactly. out what you're and then, and then you can move mountains. Exactly. Find your sustainability superpower and then start yes, there. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I, yeah, like, I, I like that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love the example with the restaurant because again, I think sometimes we tend to forget how much of an impact uh, we can make by just doing that. It's great. I even just having starting a conversation and bringing your own utensil to the restaurant or, you know, make a request do not give me you know plastic utensils utensils but then you can actually like have one restaurant change that how that they approach this whole issue uh overall mm-hmm. it will make a huge impact um you know uh, in terms of plastic consumption for sure um okay so last question we always love to end our interviews on a positive note um so, um, and it's one of my favorite questions to ask, what excites you the most about the ethical and sustainable movement right now overall? What gives you hope? Oh, gosh, you know, it's so it is it is fascinating. Um, so, I'll, you know, I, I shared I'm, I, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area um, and moved to Houston to work for uh, the headquarters at the headquarters of Amigos. Um, and, you know, when I would say that in the past 18 months, what has been I've just seen kind of an escalation of local sustainability initiatives here. So, um, and one of them is really actually just seeing uh, the uh, community gardens and like local, like urban farms that are doing vegetable boxes. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and it's really been taking off and I'm, you know, even to the extent, so there was um, when I, when I, before I moved here, I had been getting a vegetable box. I didn't have that opportunity when I first moved here. Um, and you know, it was amazing to see the line of, car, you know, people, of course they were, yes, in cars they were, um, but it was, a, you know, the interest in actually doing this and having, you know, buying from a local urban farm. Um, and there's a whole host of them, these businesses now here. And I just, it's part of the movement. And I know, you know, the, you know, the farm to table and really thinking about, I think that the big, you know, thing of course is how do we make this equitable and how do we reach and move this into all, you know, all communities. Um, but that's something it's a, it's a small thing, but such a palpable change. Um, it makes me very excited to see. Um, and, you know, I think, um, and, you know, speaking more about the home context, because we've all been a bit more narrowed in, right. In terms of our, how our radius, how far we travel and all of it in this period of time. So I'm speaking to what my reality here is just also the, um, the, the increase, like the increased focus on more like sustainable urban living, like especially in the city of Houston, there's been a dramatic transformation over the last decade to like, you know, just the walkable living, the, um, you know, mixed use um, buildings and, you know, with, with housing and shops and such. And 
it's been a really, I think, you know, overdue. I, I would, I definitely uh, want to say that, but, but um, really powerful change happening. And I think, you know, because in my normal world, I might've been on, you know, traveling, you know, to different locations and gone more, you know, you don't see the change as much up close, right? Because it's, you know, exactly. but you, know, you kind of see that. And I think for all of us, probably in our communities, we're noticing a lot of things um, more so um, as our, you know, we haven't been able to, you know, travel quite as much. As exactly. We yeah, it is a very interesting effect that, you know, as we always said, since the beginning of pandemic, suddenly we all have, you know, a bit more time to think, to stop, to slow down. And yeah, I was just talking to my husband the other day. Um, yeah, things never got back to like the same pace. Uh, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, which mm-hmm. I think is actually a good thing for us personally and hopefully for the environment as well, too. Absolutely. Okay, well, I that's all the questions I have for you, Sarah. It's really been uh, super interesting. I know our community will love hearing this episode and uh, learning how they can get involved, how they can, uh, you know, make change uh, through activism. Um, any um, other thoughts you want to uh, leave our audience with? Maybe remind us uh, where to find you guys and how to contact Amigos. Oh, absolutely. So please, you can find us. Um, we're, all, we're all over you know, social media, um, but our, our uh, web address is amigosinternational, one word, dot org. Dot org. And um, would love to hear from you. You can, once you get on there, you can just submit a question. If you have any questions, there's a, you know, uh, people are on the other side of chat to respond. And, um, you know, we welcome applicants from all over the globe um, and certainly any questions. But I just really applaud all of you who are listening, who are passionate about the environment and want to do something and that you're here and listening um, is so, is, I'm, you know, is amazing. And I um, just really am looking forward to seeing all the great things all of you do in the future. So with that, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Sarah. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. For joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast. And don't forget to join in on the conversation that's happening on our Facebook group. Simply search Good Together Ethical Shopping and it'll come up. You can also leave us a question through voicemail. The link is on brightly.eco slash podcast. If you're into social media, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.